This is attorney Larry Rowe. Question. Why would you take a local auto crash case to a huge out-of-state law firm? Be smart, stay local, and visit me at LarryLRowe.com. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 580 WCHS, its employees, or WVRC Media. Very pleasant Wednesday morning to you. You're listening to Ask the Expert, WCHS, the voice of Charleston. I'm Dale Cooper in studio with me this morning. It's Larry Dawson. Larry had, uh, you know, we had a month uh, last month in April where we had to move some things around and some things happened here or there or whatever it is. Um, and so uh, Larry's been with us, I think, this entire month, if I'm not mistaken. It feels like it. I yeah. went to, uh, I took a little vacation last uh, last month, what got us fouled up. Yeah. I could have made it, but nah. I had a 12-hour drive and. One who thought I'd sleep in a little bit. Why not? Right. Yeah. I think I woke up at four. You know, <laughs> you know how it is when you when you throw your schedule off, oh, your, yeah. your body schedule. And and most people, actually, I had a conversation with Kim coming up here this morning. And, um, you know, the small business, um, we've went through the um, reestablishment uh, since COVID. Uh, most businesses um I would venture to say that the large majority of small business people, when I say small business, I define it as 25 or under. Mm -hmm. You know, the government says it's 500 under. Well, it's really 10 and under if you come right down to it, regardless of of the definition. Agreed. I know what you mean. Small business is that I think the majority of small businesses out there since COVID had to probably restructure uh, reconfigurate, uh, made some multiple changes in the way that they do business. First of all, you know, we did go through a period of time of wearing masks. And, mm-hmm. You know, that was just said, especially if you're in the selling business, therefore you're probably in the conversation business. True. Um, such as you are. And, I mean, you're, you're primary, you're a conversationist. You know, this is what Very true. does. That you all had to reinvent. And, and I had to as well, but the displaying of cars never really changed, but the, the movement in between the interaction of the customer and, and the salesperson that drastically changed me. It was almost like, um, you stay over there. I'll stay over here. And, you know, I wear a mask and you wear one. It was, it was in the very beginning. It, it was where you didn't even allow test drives. You allowed people to purchase and gave them a, a few hour reprieve to bring it back for whatever reason. And, and that was something that, um, I had never done, but here we are two and a half years. We are, you know, we're operating, but there's some things that has happened. Actually, when I was sitting in the car, I want to bring it up when I was sitting in the car out there and, and the word recession seems to be, pretty familiar with most people they're talking Mm -hmm. about it and the other day i brought up the timeline of recessions in my lifetime i mean i didn't realize it was recessions in the 1800s but this timeline that i brought up was talking about the different recessions and you know when i went in business in 87 
opened the doors in 87, established in 86. We went right in to a recession of uh, of the 19, in the early 1900s, or excuse me, 1990s. Actually, I was scrolling, it was 1991. But where I'm going with this is that the several recessions we've had, I've been able to get on the other side of it by planning and changing and maybe cutting expense and doing the things that was necessary for a small business person to do. And my fellow auto dealers in the Valley, which are still in business, and most of them, either, you know, they may have sold because of, of death or retirement, but there was not a lot of closures. And I think that illustrates the work ethic of the West Virginia person mm-hmm. and the dealer body <clears throat> and where we're not so large that we can't get back to our roots, that we're able to figure out how to get on the other side of these recessions. Now, some of them we're not able to because the franchises were taken away. We spoke about that a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. But then last week I got on here and got on that roll, and I see I, the, 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 the printout that I had of the Carvana Amazon dealer <laughs> of the dealers is in trouble. They weren't even around in recession. We're not in a recession. We're in a boom economy, and who's troubled having business? Yeah. These startup internet companies, right. you know, the flash in the pan, I call it, and the the um, the bricks and mortar guy that has been around, or lady, or family, or whoever. We're still operating. We're not. I mean, have we had tough times? Absolutely, we have tough times. Tough times, but we're just—they're just out of the box of year two or three or four of these Varooms and Carvanas, and look at their stock. They're already suffering. So if we do go into a recession, which a lot of people are are predicting we are, if they're already in trouble, how much longer can they exist? So as I tell people, slow down and really before you take that step of selling or buying your vehicle, there's some really good dealers right here in this valley. You do not have to travel long distance. And what happens when there's a problem? The reason they're having problems is because they have monetary issues and they have management problems to the point the state of Illinois shut them down. So, you know, the automobile business for a long time was your second largest purchase you're going to make. You know, boats and campers has came into play over the last decade or so, but Fundamentally, you buy a house and you buy a car. Yeah, and boats and campers aren't necessities. Most of the time, a car is a necessity unless you live in a huge metropolitan area. And so, when you make that transition into into that purchase, is that it's nice to have that local dealer down the road. When I was here last week, I spoke of a uh, doing business with a local bank which I bank with Putnam County Bank, very local, and happened to have the president's cell phone in my uh, in my phone. And we, it was not we chit-chat, hardly ever chit-chat. But I had a question come up yesterday at the car dealership that um, we had a gentleman wanting to uh, give us a check written on a bank that I never heard of in the Virgin Islands. Well, in my 36 years, that's not common. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, 
I have never had that happen. It seems a little uncommon, right? So my question, as soon as I saw, is a: Can I pass that along through a deposit method? Mm-hmm. Because I really don't know, and I think it was a legitimate question. Actually, I think it was the question that comes to mind of most people that I ran this up the flagpole. What would you do? Mm-hmm. And yes, it can be deposits, but the first thing was: Is that check verified? I mean, that's so I photoshot that check and sent it to John Wilson, and John is Jack's son. And I said, hey, this is Larry Dawson. Do you have a second? And he immediately responded. He said, yes, sir, what's up? And I sent him that check asking that very question. Try that with a large national bank. It used to be when you went to your bank and you had a situation like that. I mean, you could get that help at the teller level. Yes. And you can't anymore. No. Uh, that's it's. Uh, in fact, they're more likely just to stamp it and deposit it and move on. And then if something comes on the other side of it, hey, this check didn't clear or whatever, you don't find out about it until it's too late. We have, and we have taken, and it, I won't say it's a problem. It's a different process. And you've seen advertisements on TV of the U.S. Navy Credit Union. Mm-hmm. I guess if you have been in the service of some sort, you can join it. And over the past few years, we have taken in some U.S. Navy Credit Union checks. That's, you know, that's, they, they get online and get it and, and, and we get a response that the check is coming. We understand it's coming. But when I bring in a check, made out to Larry Dawson's Auto Sales, I have a stamp on my desk that I stamp for deposit only, LWD Incorporated, with my account number. Make a deposit. If you stamp a U.S. Navy Credit Union check, they reject it and send it back. Huh. They reject it and send it back. And to the point where... The first time, I thought it was on their end, and then I realized it was my end. And you have to physically sign it, Larry Dawson. So you can't just use your no. normal deposit no. stamp. You have no. to actually physically sign it. Now, I specifically don't, to that one bank. Specifically How that one wow. credit. Yes. How wow. So when you see something that's outside the norm, don't assume. Right. You better ask some questions. Because I assumed when I got a U.S. Navy credit union check, you stamped it for deposit only, like I do the other checks. They reject it, send it back, and do not honor it. Mr. Wilson informed me of that a few years back. He called me and said, this has been rejected because of non-signature. They will not take a stamp. Isn't that wild? So I was able to go down to the bank and and be able to sign. And We, we called the credit union, explained what was going on. They said, yes, but I was out of that money for a longer period of time. And let me tell you what happens when you go outside that money. We collect, as all dealers do, the sales tax and the lien information, if there is a lien, and how it's going to be titled. And we and there's a documentary fee that comes with the transaction of, of automobiles to uh, to pay and, and because it, we, we have the cost of perfecting these liens, taking the monies, and dispersing them to the DMV, Department of Motor Vehicles. Well, when you do that and you take in 
checks, you hold it what you think is the normal amount of time. Mm -hmm. You make the DMV transaction, and then the check comes back. Not only have you, you do not have the money for the vehicle, you've taken out of your capital the money for the taxes and paid the tax, and you have put the title over in their name, and you have a worthless check. And no recourse if you're not careful. Zero recourse. Yeah, right. You're out on an island by yourself. Adding another level of complexity to that, I don't know if you've seen any of these come across your desk or not, but I know there's a lot of inter- uh, exclusive online banks out there yes. that you can get. Yes. And, you know, they promise you all kinds of yes. things. You know, you can get a little bit of interest in your savings account, which is kind of rare these days. There's no fees. They reimburse you for your ATM fee. I mean, they try to bring you in with somewhat benefits that are actually useful, you know, and getting rid of that ATM fee is kind of nice, you know, because what do they charge it for anyways? It really costs money to transmit data. I mean, it's right. kind of ridiculous, you know? So you can get kind of, I won't even say suckered in. You can look at it and be like, you know, that kind of makes sense for me. The problem is, if you have a situation like that in any way, shape, or form, now I don't know if they do business accounts, but as, a, as an individual, if you're trying to deposit a check that might be a little odd like that, something along those lines, who are you going to talk to? Who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? I mean, are you going to, you're going to go to your www site and, and hit the customer support and then hope that somebody talks to you that's going to pay attention? I mean, that is a heavy lift. Well, you take you take a transaction like this, and and I read the West Virginia record. Uh, I get on there, and the reason I read it is not really being nosy. It's looking at what's happening in the automobile business. Mm-hmm. In other words, either a lawsuit or a fraud, fraudulent action, which there was one that happened. The 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 the, the, the uh, I think it was a couple got sentenced for scamming some dealerships out of some cars over a computer-generated check. In other words, they made an official-looking check, Mm -hmm. and it was fraudulent. A few years back, I had a gentleman come in and sold me a vehicle. And driver's license, title. Driver's license, title. Got it. I wrote the gentleman a check. I'm using that word loosely, gentlemen, because he was actually a con man. But he, I wrote him a check, and I sold the vehicle with a title in which I received when I purchased the car. I used to transfer into the new owner's name. That's what we do. It comes back, stolen vehicle. Now, I, I've had the vehicle. I've sold the vehicle. I've got a title that looks perfectly fine to me, and I have a copy of the gentleman's driver's license that I bought it from. We sell it. Once again, it comes back stolen vehicle. As I start backtracking and I go back and pull an oasis on this title as to the history of the title, this vehicle was purchased about three days before I bought it. He bought it from a man in Lincoln County handed him a computer-generated check. John Doe signs the title. He's got what it looks like a cashier's check to him. He takes the gentleman's money, hands him the title. The guy goes straight to the DMV, titles it in his name. Prior that title or prior that check, bouncing. Hmm. Brings it straight to me, I buy it. Well, when the farmer in Lincoln County 
deposits his check, I guess, in the Lincoln County Bank or wherever he does, then it comes back NSF. This is a worthless check. Vehicle's going, title's going. So what does he do? He turns it into his insurance company, and it goes on a registry as a stolen vehicle. Wow. Unbeknownst to me. Right. But he took a piece of paper that looked like a check. I had all the official markings of a check, but he did not call to verify this check. Mm-hmm. And he's out a car. And they, guess who gets to buy the car back? I do. Right. I've got to get a hold of the customer, go through a long explanation explaining why. Fortunately, he understood why, and he was okay with it, and we were able to unwind this transaction wow. to he and I well, now, whose insurance company do I have to follow up on? Right. My insurance company. It all started out with a computer-generated check. That's incredible. That someone did not call and verify. It's so simple to do. And if there's ever any question, such as what happened, I mean, it's easy to do. Because one of the first thing I said when I got a hold of Mr. Wilson, it's the first thing he said, he said, have you verified you know th- this, so there's there's a lot of moving parts and transactions out there that we take for granted, such as Navy Credit Union, right. perfectly good check, honorable person, honorable check, honorable company, but their methods of depository is different, and it, I mean, it threw me a curve until I realized, and once every six months or so, there's somebody comes in. Yesterday or day before yesterday, we also do some USAA credit unions. Mm-hmm. USAA, you do it right there online. They get a verification, and they wire transfer the money into the account. Oh, that's it's, nice. It's probably going to be in my account today. Mm-hmm. That's something that we do that's not real uncommon but not common. It's you, people that it belongs to the USAA. So there are so many lending practices out there that they all have their variations of um, how they do business that may not be what I call the norm as company B, company C, company D. And just because it's their way, it's unfamiliar with my way, and you have to get over that. But never, ever think you know it all. Yeah, and to them, that's their norm. That's so, their norm. Yeah, so it's so it's and it's it's funny to me. By the way, Larry Dawson from Larry Dawson's Auto Sales with us this morning. You're welcome to call in. You can drive the discussion as well. Larry knows more about uh, buying previously used uh, vehicles. Uh, he's forgotten more than we'll ever know. You can give us a call this morning. Larry can help you out if you're having a little bit of a of a uh, situation like we're just talking about here. Uh, Larry has uh, pretty much seen it all. But if you're also uh, in the market or looking to get into the market to uh, to sell or to purchase a previously used vehicle, you want to talk about the city of Nitro, all kinds of things that Larry likes to talk about. You can give us a call. This morning at 304-345-5858. 304-345-5858 is our phone number. You can also text over any questions you have to 304-935-5008. A couple of things that your your conversation there reminds me of. Number one, it seems like that we're taking established processes a lot of the time. So we're taking, you know, like the car buying process or something like sure. that. And then these newer companies that you're talking about, these flat, they're not they're not replacing the entire process. They're taking a portion of that process and saying, we can do this part better. And the problem that you get there, just like with equipment, is making things both forward compatible and backwards compatible when you're dropping something brand new right smack dab in the middle of something. 
and companies that's not doing their due diligence to make sure that they work in both directions under certain stress periods and it's scalable, those are the ones that's really going to have trouble and fail. Well, you hit the magic word. They're making it better. They're making it better for them. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. It's, it's like Carvana. If you sell them your car and there is a lien on it, or in other words, a payoff, they write that check to the payoff company. You wait for your equity check. Yeah. At my store, you get both. Right. You you get you get your loan paid off and you get an equity check. And the the stories that I have read online about Carvana is that very upset customers that has not received their equity checks that are looking at their car online for sale and there's no one to call one eight hundred Carvana or Varum and you're going to get a you're going to get lots of push buttons you can push before you can ever find somebody to answer the phone and that's if you can find somebody to answer the phone. Sometimes just understanding what you're dealing with and knowing that. Uh Trying something the way that it works oftentimes is just the best way to do it. I was doing something upstairs. This is a, a bit of a stretch of an analogy, but it, it really does work. I was doing something upstairs the other day, and I needed to transfer a huge file downstairs to my studio computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were having some network issues. Everything that I tried, various sharing desktops, various uh, uh, servers and things like that, I couldn't get it to work. We were having uh, an internal server issue here where I couldn't get anything to work. And I'm sitting there looking at my computer. I'm like, here I am sitting in this in this building with modern computers and things in it. I need to get an audio file, which is what we trade in, from this computer right here down to my downstairs computer, which is something I can usually do as easy as I breathe. But we're having network issues. We can't transfer things. And I'm stuck here with this problem. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, well, you know, back in the day, I would have taken like a DVR or something or, or a writable CD, and I could have burned the files onto that CD and just taken it downstairs. And it wasn't until that second that it dawned on me, and I looked down on my desk. I have like four thumb drives just like laying around on my desk that I haven't touched in years. I haven't used a thumb drive in I don't know how long. But it suddenly dawned on me that it's not the oldest, oldest technology, but it's sort of this middle technology that works. Thumb drives work. You put them in your computer, you copy your files over there, you take them to the next computer, and they're there. It's not network. It's not instant. But you know what? It works. It works. And so I was able to use that and work. Another stretch to that analogy is fast food joints these days. <laughs> but it is absolutely true. They push you to the app to do everything, yes. right? If the app And you're trying to get stuff. So this is just like ordering your car, right? You're on your app. You're trying to get your car. You're trying to get all your information and stuff like that. It's never accurate. You never get it right anymore. It used to be pretty good when they first rolled this stuff out. It used to be pretty good. I've discovered that if I just go back to rolling up to the window and giving my order instead of trying the app, it's actually way better and way more accurate now. The process just worked better the way that it was before. And sometimes that's just the way it is because we have established processes. We have 30, 40, 50 years baked into these processes. I had a conversation. I was talking to Kim coming up the road. I normally call her, and we we was talking. And that's exactly what I told Kim. I said, we have went through two years, two and a half years of things that I have never experienced. One of them was free money being mailed out to a lot of different people. Easy, easy, easy access to home equilize almost instantaneously that put money in people's hands and they spent it. And probably some spent it that shouldn't have spent it, but it got spent. Therefore, creating large business for small entrepreneurs. I mean, pools, campers, side by sides, automobiles. I mean, you name it. It's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. And we see now it's starting to slow down. The government says, hey, we've got to slow this thing down. They're raising interest rates. And and if you look back to recessions, you know, that's what they do. That's what they did 
uh, they've done before. So they're slowing this thing down. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing the slowdown. The flash in the pan that went in business that said, yeah, I'll do it, yeah, I'll do it, yeah, I'll do it, and promised everybody everything, they can't show up. Hmm. And how upset people are because I, I hear it. I can't get anybody to show up. I get people says, give me a price, and they don't come back. Oh, yeah, man. That's well, today's it, age, it's, isn't it? It's the flash in the pan. Mm-hmm. We're steady, Freddie. Did, did our business increase? Uh, yes, a little bit. But I didn't overstaff, overpromise to deliver something I couldn't because I know there's going to be a tomorrow. And tomorrow's right around the corner. Sage advice from Larry Dawson. As always, as you get here on Larry Dawson's Ask the Expert, uh, Larry is usually here the first and third Wednesday of every month. Uh, I've had Larry a little extra bonus time this month uh, with some schedule we've uh, bounced around, and I've really enjoyed having Larry on the radio with us. We do have a phone call we're going to take to before we go to the break. Jerry's called in this morning, has a question or comment for Larry. Jerry, good morning. How are you doing this morning? Hey, good morning, guys. Good Larry, morning, Jerry. I, I, Larry, I want to tell you uh, something I told you 19 years ago, yes, sir. And, uh, and I'll have a question. Uh, 19 years ago, I purchased a car online uh, from a dealership in Georgia. I checked it with the Carfax, and the Carfax was clean. So we drive all the way down, buy the car, I test drive it. The steering seemed a little strange to me, but the dealer lied to me and told me, well, this is you know a newer model, and uh, that's the way the steering is on these newer models. Okay, so I buy the car, I bring it home. After about two weeks, I think, man, this isn't right. So I went to take it to uh, have the front end aligned. They told me that car had been in a fairly serious crash, and they couldn't do anything about it, that, uh, you know, the whole front end would have to be replaced. Well, so I go back to Carfax, and I said, you told me this car was clean. What happened? Well, they crashed. Someone crashed the car. They fixed the car. They sold the car, and Carfax had a 30-day grace period where, you know, you don't know what happened in that 30-day period. Yeah, they beat the Carfax. Right. And uh, so I was just stuck with with a car that had been crashed. So my question to you, is that the same with Carfax today? Do they still have that 30-day grace period? And if they do, boy, you've got to be very careful uh, with anything uh, you purchase and, and think that Carfax is going to be your saving grace. And I'll take your answer off the air. Thank you. Amen. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate it. Jerry, you are you spot on. You've done shows on this before. I've done yeah. shows on this. Do not let Carfax be your deciding factor because he, he, here's the scenario. I'm going to give you a horrible story. This is worse than Jerry's. <laughs> I'm on top of Jerry's. I bought a Jeep the other day. Late model Jeep. Nice Jeep. Very nice cheap. The customer did not know it was a buyback. Oh wow! So the customer that you bought it from didn't even know it was a it was a it was a um, dealer buyback, manufacturer buyback. Now the good thing about it is it was a buyback when it had three thousand miles on it for a steering issue. It has seventy three thousand miles on it. It was repaired and sold, and has been driven. But the gentleman that had it did not know because it was not on Carfax at the time and and that it was a buyback. And when I say a buyback, a manufactured buyback, when you you have multiple complaints of one issue, that 
in some cases, the manufacturer will buy it back or give you a trade assistance where you purchase another car or they do a buyback, but they brand that title. It will be stamped on the front, manufacturer buyback. So you have, I use the word, a tainted title. Mm-hmm. Now, the older the vehicle gets and the more miles get, probably the less significant as far as value drop it is. In yeah, you're words, looking at that one at 70,000 miles since exactly. the buyback, so it's, it, it works. And it was 70,000 miles ago when it was repaired, but it's still a buyback vehicle. And I have seen along the way that let's just say that you were – you had a car that was stolen, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, sure did. I don't know if it's hit Carfax. It probably has. But let's just say that you, you found that car, which you did. Yep, I did. And you sold the car, you traded the car or whatever. That Carfax probably does not have that instant reported as of time within days or weeks. Right. But it eventually will. And Carfax will read when it gathers this information up, it will say updated as of date of. Right, but if you flip over to the glossary, is there a window out? We are not responsible. It's voluntary reporting, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, right. So they they have the they have the way out and and just saying, hey, we we didn't do it. We just are telling you what people told us. Matter of fact, let's take a break and I'm going to read that glossary. We'll do that, and also we have a phone call. Okay. Tommy Tommy's waiting on the phone. We'll okay. take Tommy. Hold on. We'll get you when we come back. We need to take a break. We're running really late for that. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Ask the Expert. Larry Dawson is here this morning from Larry Dawson's Auto Sales Online, LarryDawson's.com, located in Nitro, West Virginia, since 1986. More when we come back on 580 Live or 580 WCHS. Hey, this. Dave Allen from Parmar Stores. And what do Kent, Ohio, Woodsfield, Ohio, Hurricane, West Virginia, Huntington, West Virginia, and Elkview, West Virginia all have in common? These are just a few of the recent communities where Parmar has opened new stores. And in the month of May, Parmar will open five new stores in Greenbrier County, West Virginia alone. We're always hired at our Parmar Stores, too. Visit ParmarStores.com slash careers. Download the Parmar app and sign up for our rewards card. And remember, folks, if there's not a Parmar store near you now, there will be soon. Glenville State University's serene, safe campus is located just 15 miles off I-79 in the town of Glenville, West Virginia. At Glenville State University, you can discover friends to last a lifetime. Professors who broaden your perspective and the skills and education for future success. Glenville State is celebrating its 150th anniversary this year, and there's never been a better time to see what GSU has to offer you. Contact us and learn how you can join the Pioneer family. Visit glenville.edu apply. Filler Up Fridays at Mardi Gras Casino and Resort. Each Friday, we'll be drawing four winners hourly from 6 to 9 p.m. to win free play and up to $100 in free gas. At 10 p.m., one lucky winner will take home a grand prize valued at over $1,000 in cash, gas, and casino prizes, free fun, and fuel. Fridays at Mardi Gras. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Brought to you by City National Bank, where you can purchase or refinance your home with our no-down-payment mortgage. Equal housing lender. For a convenient location near you, log on to bankatcity.com. We're still in good shape. No accidents to report to you. You could still have a little bit of congestion on I-64 as you head into Charleston. Also, quarter G northbound heading into Charleston. For anyone living in the Nitro area, there will be a test of the Nitro Siren Warning System at 12 noon today. Again, this is only a test of the Siren System in Nitro at 12 noon today. Also, heads up, phones down in all our construction zones. From the WCHS Network Traffic Studio, I'm Jenny Murray. 
You're listening to 580 WCHS. This is Ask the Expert. And uh, Larry Dawson is with me this morning. More information online, it's LarryDawson's.com. LarryDawson's.com, located in Nitro, West Virginia, 418 First Avenue South. Since 1986, his phone number is 304 That's 304 Our number here this morning is 304-345-5850. That's the number that Tommy called got in with a question or comment this morning. Tommy, good morning. How are you doing this morning? Uh, very good. Good thank morning, you. Tommy. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for taking my call. Mr. Dawson, I had breaks done couple weeks back and they tell me that shocks were bleeding they want two hundred and twenty dollars for a shock each yes uh how a sudden has this price spike taken place is it affecting parts in general yes i'll listen off the air okay good good question and yes (laughs) it's a double yes it has affected the price of parts it has priced it has affected the availability of parts to the point where once again i've never seen anything like this what we took for granted that it was going to be laying on the shelf at the yeah. local vendor the napas the auto works or wherever you may get them o'reilly's or just pick one that we're shocked that they're not there in some of the prices if i would show the internal cost of reconditioning, the, the, the internal cost. When I say the internal, and we do not mark our parts up. In other words, the wholesale price that what we purchased the, the, the parts for to put on the car for resale, we do not add a profit to it. And I, I will venture to say I'm probably the only dealer that does it. Right. Because a lot of places find a way to add 10 Well, yeah, 15%. That, right, so yeah. You, if it's $100 parts, $115. Yeah, right, exactly. It's a pass. I don't do it. But where we're, what, what Tommy's question is, have they went up? Yes, they have went up substantially. And the shortages, the thing that we're seeing, the up-and-coming thing that we are seeing is tires. Where we buy car, excuse me, tires online, when I say online, the warehouse is is three miles from our store, but we go on to look what is in their inventory. Then we call or for a, uh, for delivery. In other words, bring us this set, this set, this set. And that way we have the tires laying there to install on the vehicle. Well, when you look at, obviously you can go from the high line tire to the low line tire. Right, and, right. and we try to pick somewhere in the middle. I can't put high line tires on all of them. It, it warrants the vehicle itself is the lack of availability of tires. It's crazy. Just something like tires. Little things. Like the aerosol cans in which we put the tire dressing on. There's a can shortage. Actually, I had a a friend of mine as a dealer called a month or so ago because we bought all the cases that were, which was only 10. Sounds like, you know, we bought a tractor-trailer truckload. It says, this thing's going to come in short supply, and it's going up. I mean, tire dressing because of the cans it's crazy and so the things that we have taken for nature that excuse me for granted of the land of the plentiful for all these years that we are experiencing and i think we're going to continue experiencing these shortages you know when a covid shuts down assembly line that makes the aerosol can and there the order system doesn't stop the demand doesn't stop the supply stops mm-hmm. and so therefore it becomes a shortage and that has happened across the board, not only in automobiles, but in a lot, a lot of different things. 
If I can put a little teaser out there for a show that I'm going to do tomorrow, uh, filling in for Dave Allen on 580 Live, I'm going to have Scott Linsa come on. He is uh, from the Cato Institute. He's the director of general economics at the Cato Institute. Uh, big free trade guy. They just updated their uh, online digital presentation on the benefits of free trade. And uh, Scott has a lot of uh, expert opinions, um, analysis on uh, exactly – some of the things that we could do to help with uh, some of the bottlenecking problems that we have right now. And not only that, but looking at it from a long-term solution and not just kind of the knee-jerk things that we're doing right now to try to make temporary uh, fixes for baby formula and for different things like that. There's long-term substantial changes that are fairly easy that we can make that the Cato Institute uh, documents that we just don't do, that we just don't do for various reasons. So we're going to talk about that a little bit tomorrow. But that that dovetails perfectly into the problems that, 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 that we've just had in general with uh, – with chips, with uh, with gas, with uh, and by chips I mean computer chips, uh, uh, with gas, with uh, with different parts that come in, with the baby form- formula, with tires, all of these things are are uh, all part of of uh, this living behemoth. And when things that, when there's parts of this behemoth that are you know rotting and cancerous and they're having problems, man, we just have a hard time uh, making the connections right now because the things aren't as linear as they seem like they should be. I'm going to read the first paragraph. Of the glossary of Carfax. Oh, yeah, this is interesting, yeah. If you wanted me to read the whole thing, we would have to set aside a show <laughs> and get Mr. Payton in here. Read the terms of service. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, Mr. Payton would have to really help me with this because um, it gets kind of legal. So I'm just going to read the first one. It says, not every accident is reported to Carfax. As details about accident become available, those additional details are added to the Carfax Vehicle History Report. Carfax recommends that you have the vehicle inspected by a qualified mechanic. And that's that's the first... And, and that's basically just them saying, not our problem. And, and yes, and, and we'll, and, and we'll, like paragraph 43 on this thing, it, it gives them the uh, holding harmless that they can jump out that window. The... We have at the dealership a gentleman by the name of Donnie Duffy that has been with me for 22 or three years. He is my qualified mechanic. And I would put Donnie up against anybody as far as determining, determining, you know, the safety factor because he comes to me and says, I want you to look at this. Let's talk about this. He doesn't come up on the assumption and doesn't share it. That's what I love about Donnie, that he will share. Well, let's look at this because not every vehicle, especially in this land of shortage, you know, has these vehicles been perfect. But we we do go by the code of the West Virginia Safety Inspection, and that is our that is our bar we set our standards to. That's Larry Dawson from Larry Dawson's Auto Sales. More information online, LarryDawson's.com. That's LarryDawson's.com. 304-727-0464. 304-727-0464. Located 418 First Avenue South in Nitro, West Virginia. Stay with us on 580 Live. Coming up next, I'm going to slide over to the other studio. Mike Pushkin will be here uh, as I take on 580 Live this morning. And also, we're going to talk about the run for the wall. The run for the wall is back. It's going to be in your neck of the woods, yeah, Larry. Nitro. That's right. So we're going to talk about the run for the wall, the memorial for the Vietnam Memorial Wall. W243DRFM Charleston and W2838Q Cross Lanes on WVRC Media Station. We're proud to live here too. From ABC News, I'm Jim Ryan in Uvalde, Texas. 
A special mass last night at Sacred Heart Catholic Church. Prayers said for the 19 children and two teachers shot to death yesterday at a local elementary school. Like many teenagers, Salvador Ramos was active on social media. 17-year-old Kiana Baxter says he had stalked her online. There's just something about him. You could tell the vibes from him. It was like more of a vibe thing than how he acted. Before the mass shooting, Ramos is said to have posted on TikTok, quote, kids be scared. ABC's Amy Robach is here with me in Uvalde and says parents were put through an agonizing wait for information. Officials were able to usher